0: You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game
1: played in more places. Big guy. Yes, mate. (laughs) We're we're back for a bonus episode. (laughs) You're surprising me. Big guy. Big guy, yes, how you right. doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. We're doing a double-ep in
0: a week. That's, we're, that's we're, big. We're doing a double-ep. I'm thinking this one will come out on a Sunday, so we're recording. Look, through the magic of podcasting, guys, I don't think we're fooling the listeners, but we're pretty much recording intros one after the other, so there's no golden points for this one, although maybe there is one,
1: big man. What do you got? There's, there's one cheeky one. So, uh, golden point to the biggest tiger's <laughs> life, I don't know what else, to my nephew's house. Where um, I'm doing a little rugby league podcast, which is a podcast just for kids. So it was inspired, carbs, by you and I talking about how there's so many families out there that are yeah. that are football fathers, family fathers, football families. And um, I was thinking, there's probably heaps of kids that love rugby league. When you, when you go to games, you constantly see families there. It's a real family sport. Um, and who's talking to those people? They don't. They don't. Um, they're not going to read the news or whatever or anything like that. So. Um, I thought I might try and give this a go. My cousins and my nephews are, are really getting into the sport. They love um, NRL cards. They they have some interest in the sport, and so I was like, well, I'll, I'll you know talk to talk to me about rugby league on in a microphone, and they were super keen. It's a great way to spend your Sunday afternoon. You go over to your your brother in law's house, your sister in law's house, and um, watch the football with the whole family, and then talk to their kids about it afterwards. It's it's a really special experience, and I really hope it comes through um, through the mic.
0: It is really cool, man, and I like—I had a listen to your first episode today, um, I thought it was a really good idea, glad we helped, you know, I think our listeners helped inspire it, not not our conversation, it it started from one of our listeners on Twitter, Brulance, um, that's right, that's right, and yeah, great idea, it, they're very short, so they're like eight, nine minutes long, and um, it's just great to get the kids listening to something that they can kind of relate to and help mm. them uh, fall in love with rugby league, so we're all trying to brainwash our kids, yeah?
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. There's a quiz at the end. There's lots of sounds and cute music. I know a lot about how to distract children. So that the whole podcast is just built around trying to keep their attention. I also really want it to be a community thing. So when you're in the car with your kid going to school or whatever, or you come home and you don't want to do homework, but you want to do something together, this is a cute little activity you can do together and then talk about it afterwards. And then also send in... Email us or send in your own soundbite, or, or get your kid to you know tell us their favourite player, or your favourite team, or whatever, just so that we're hearing other voices. I think it could be a really cute, really cute community thing.
0: This is awesome. This is the one that makes you famous, Big T.
1: I have a feeling about this idea. I'm not. I'm <laughs> definitely not here for that. But it can also be around the world because I know we've got a lot of American people, a lot of people in South America, and things like that, all all over Europe. But it's not just the NRL thing. If you are listening to rugby league and you want to be involved, and your kids are there, give it a listen. Very
0: cool. Well, I'm Michael Carboni. He's Big T. Is episode 70 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast, and uh, big man, this is a very good one, so very special episode. We wanted to release two this week because we just couldn't wait to release this one. It's uh, Honey Hreme. The um, oh my god, how, did you like that, Honey Hreme?
1: I did, or oh, you said it so well. I mean, I, I think you said it well. <laughs> she's gonna hear it and say you butchered it. I hope I said it right. Um, we, we try our best here,
0: but I, uh, yeah, she I reckon she's the goat, the kiwi fern goat, the best of all time, the greatest of all time for the kiwi women's side and um absolutely amazing convo this is one of those ones big t that you you had the pleasure of interviewing and i haven't heard it yet so i can't wait for Murcho to do his thing mix it up produce it and um i can't wait to hear it along with the fans but mate what was um what was i guess the biggest takeaway for you when you when you spoke to honey
1: she's legit the goat like i'm not saying kiwi ferns goat i'm saying she, it's her and Benji Marshall doing Scissor Paper Rock. I was going to say, what about um, Benji, your main man? But yeah, 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 it's close. But I mean, if there was a golden, I mean, if, if the world has had taken women's rugby league as seriously as it's taken men's rugby league, then she would have definitely also had a golden boot or whatever it is that um, we would give to our women's rugby league players. Because she's just, I mean, she's won World Cup. She's won nine tournaments. She's captain everything. She's won player of the tournaments and everything. She's back at home now. Um, still representing New Zealand, still fit and absolutely destroying everyone. Went, went and won things with uh, Union Sevens. You know what I mean? Like she's successful across the world. Everything she touches turns to excellence. And she's, you can hear the hunger in her voice when she's talking. She just wants rugby league to prosper. She's in a small little part of uh, community in New Zealand now that she's working really hard in um, to continue the community feel and to continue getting girls up and feeling proud of themselves. And it's just, she's inspirational and on the field, Insane player and, and scissor-paper-rock goat with Benji. And off the field, like, legit, I don't, I don't know enough about Rugby League to say that she's, like, the greatest person off the field. Because yeah. I know there are a lot of great administrators and people over the last 20 or 30 years. And I think you and I have taken a real turn towards New Zealand and are having a bit of a New Zealand focus at the moment, which has been great because there's such a, they're like an accidental real powerhouse of Rugby League that just goes in and out a bit, unlike Australian So it's been really fascinating learning about them and their rugby league history. Because someone reminded me, I think it was Patrick Skeen, we have an interview with him coming up later, Yep. that in 1908, um, we're trying to get rugby league off the ground and no one would play us uh, internationally except for the New Zealand Maoris who came over and played rugby league against us, thank God, because without it, you know, possibly rugby league doesn't happen in Australia. So we've had such a long and important history with New Zealand rugby league and it's been really great to listen to it and to now listen to Honey's um, really important injection into its history as well
0: yeah new zealand's such an important part to play in australian rugby league you look at the NRL, like no doubt the culture the style um it comes Mm. out to new New zealand and a lot of the polynesian and melanesian boys as well like it's that culture that we didn't really see growing up that we're seeing now is um is really cool And, and honey's exceptional she um i got to see her live at the nines last year when New oh. Zealand took that out, she was amazing. Um, that that women that grand final, Australia New Zealand, the Gillaroos and the Ferns, was game of the tournament. Crazy! It was incredible. Yeah. And and you know, me being me, I'm glad the Ferns took it out because uh, you know I like you know I like seeing Australia lose in rugby league because that's um australian like that. But uh, honey, great episode. Can't wait to hear it. Um, we're gonna have we'll be back midweek for our normal episode, guys. So bit, double dose of Cubs and Big T chasing kangaroos this week. But right now. Over to you, Big T, and your chat with Honey Heremi.
1: Thanks, Carves. Waiting patiently on the phone with me today is one of Rugby League's all-time greats. Her time as a Kiwi fern, which includes four World Cups, spans 18 seasons. She was recently named in the NRLW's Women's Rugby League Team of the Decade for the 2010s and appointed a member of the New Zealand Order of Mer- Merit for her services to Rugby League, which we all know is one of my life dreams. Honey, hit him a smiler. honey welcome to Chasing Kangaroos. Ah, uh, thanks,
2: guys. That's awesome to awesome to be chatting to you.
1: Thanks. Uh, now, mate, how come you you're in league and not union?
2: All uh, well, I grew up playing rugby league, um, so, so I started from five, to be honest. Then I only actually jumped into union uh, probably when I got into the school age, uh, is in high school, and that's only because I, obviously, couldn't carry on playing, uh, in the boys' grades with league. So I, I came up mm. through boys' grades, uh, and then yeah, I think about fourteen, fifteen, I had to jump over to uh, school girls rugby um but yeah consistently played league throughout I was uh, I was able, able to um play rugby league in the women's grade when I was 14 because back then they didn't have uh, the age, the age differences so mm. yeah
1: and what was your first um Memory of rugby league then. If you're starting at five, yeah. What was your so first probably my of-
2: first memory was the um. It was actually my brother's team. They were playing in. our uncle, he was the coach, and um, they. I wanted to play. They asked if I'd play, and my dad was like, "No, nah, you're not allowed to play. You know, you're a girl, kind of thing." And um, so the following week mm. he didn't come along to the footy. I think he had work or something, and um. And, yeah, so I just jumped on, really, and it, that was – I just remember loving it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, back then there was – like, we didn't play with boots and stuff like that on, so I just i just ran out and played, and, and I played pretty well, and my mum was there, and she kind of went back and said to my dad, look, this kid can play, you know, come and watch her next week, and, you know, you make a decision. So he came along and watched, and he was like, oh, yeah, she's pretty good, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: It's uh, I mean, everyone was concerned before, but then the moment that they saw that you had talent, they were like, oh, Yeah, know. Yeah, like, see because I'm a, older a than my guys. brothers,
2: too. So, and I was a bit bigger than them. So, um, you know, the, the players were like, oh, you're better than your brothers, you know. So, they were, they were like keen ass to have me in the team. And that was probably the first thing my dad said, Oh, you're yeah, actually better than your brothers. So, <laughs> and it, it's funny, like, as we're growing up now, my brothers admit it, you know, they're like, Yeah, no, nah, she was better than us. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I mean, with all due respect, there's very few people in the entire world who are better rugby league than you. So, you know, it's your brothers. Your brothers are just part of everybody else. So, so that's that's quite a small challenge um, that you're amazingly able to overcome by just running on the field. But what other challenges have you have you encountered making it in the uh, world of women's yeah, rugby? Yeah,
2: I think because I come from a small town here in Patara. Um, are here in New Zealand, sorry, called Patarudu. And so I suppose to actually get some sort of recognition, you had to kind of live in the big cities like Auckland and and those kind of things. Auckland really dominates rugby league here in New Zealand. Uh, so to get recognised is, is actually really quite hard uh, when you're sort of from one of the smaller provinces. So I always found that quite a challenge and it was really about having to really put yourself out there. And then, you know, once I sort of did start to make representative teams and stuff, um, you know, then it, you kind of become the the role model, I suppose, for that province, and 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 it's it's right. um, I suppose you know, real small town thinking is that. A lot of kids, you know, they think, oh, you've got it. the only way you can make it is if you move to the city, kind of thing. But that's that's not the case, and that was probably something that I was real vocal about growing up. Like, no, you don't have to move to the big cities. Like, like let's stay. You know, we'd play for our province, and we'd get a hiding. You know, we'd go along to our national tournaments and we'd get a hiding. But it just challenged you <laughs> even more to know to know really step up and, and put yourself out there. Yes, I can still foot it with the big girls, even though the school's fifty zero kind of thing. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, well, a real, I think that's what drove me, to be honest, was to, like, you know, yep, we know we're playing Auckland and possibly we're going to get a hiding from 15 all, but I'm going to make sure, you know, pick out all the good players that they've got and, you know, show them what I've got. And I think that, that sort of helped you get recognised.
1: You sound like the New Zealand's Michael Jordan. That's the exact kind of mentality I've just learnt watching his documentary where he's... He goes and identifies who's the, the other person that they need to be better than. And honey, you go and no, I've actually that's been unreal.
2: watching parts of that documentary. My son's a big basketballer, but I've um, I sort of got up to series two, but I know I really want to watch it. because.
1: Okay, so now let's just think about me for a minute. What advice could you give a non-football talented podcast host uh, on being awarded a, a merit uh, of service to rugby oh, well, and I yeah, that, that,
2: To be honest, that um, acknowledgement came as quite a surprise because you kind of only think that those kind of um, I suppose awards or go to yeah, go to you when you're finished um, playing. And so I was like, oh, do they mm. think I'm retired? Why they why they giving me this? Are they telling me to retire? I was like, oh yet. shit! Are they kind of hinting to me, okay, you're done? Like here's the old people's award kind of thing, and because I didn't really know a whole lot about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, um, to yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was just through the years of service um, to the sport, and because I do a lot, I suppose, with. You know, really growing the sport, especially down here in my community and the Waikato province and that, you know, just really working hard to get our competition back up and running. Um, And it goes back to those same things that I thought about as growing up, you know. So that girls down here who I know probably more so through rugby, that wanna give rugby league a go and they're super right. talented, I want them to be seen on the world stage, whether it's in a black jersey, you know, whatever code it might be, you know, I genuinely believe in their individual talent. But man, if it's in rugby league, I wanna be a part of that, you know. I, I wanna be the one that says to them, look, if your mm. other pathways don't work out, give rugby league a go. Um, so I think, yeah, that is, yeah, I don't know, whether that award is probably a, just an acknowledgement of the of the the yeah, passion that I have, and, and and doing coaching and things like that as well. I mean, whatever women's rugby league has got going on, I just want to put my hand up and and do what I can to uh, promote the game.
1: Love it, and and so what is happening there in your province, um, with rugby league? It, like, uh, how is it growing at the moment? Can you see a lot? Is there a bit of a boom? I COVID's ruined everything at the moment, but yeah, can you absolutely. See so we
2: have sort of a wider Kiwi uh squad. Um, at the moment, and for the first time there's 10 10 players from the Waikato region where I'm from in the team. That is like the most ever we have ever had. I mean, really, in all my years, we've probably had myself and maybe one or two others max, and we've got 10 at the moment. And I'm just like Mm. so... So excited about it. And all, I get all the girls from down here together. I'm like, come on, like, you know, and I really, and I know we're one team as we, when we come together as the Kiwi Ferns, but, you know, just to see 10 players, I'm like, look, this is a massive milestone for our province to have 10 of us included in the squad. Like, let's, let's show them why, you know, because the thing is, is down here, we had the sort of girls coming through, similar to myself, coming through the uh, younger grades, and then um they and we also had a fifteens and a seventeens grade, but then they had nowhere to carry on to to get into the woman's grade. And so then we sort of implemented that and Right. Then- And then we, um, yeah, and then it kind of just took off. And then now they've, you know, obviously been included in the wider squad. And and we actually had one of our Kiwi Ferns camps down in our region. So, again, that just, you know, and our our girls down here, Mm. they can see it. And not just girls in our region, because we're one of the smallest, but also other regions like um, Manawatu and Wellington and all those other sort of regions as well. They've seen it as well, because there's actually a little increase from those regions as well. So, yeah, it's it's, just it's exciting
1: yeah okay so now let's look at uh some success you've had you've you've named you were named in the team of the decade what jumps to mind for you when you're reflecting over
2: that yeah I suppose um it's it's interesting that team because I think it was from 2010 to 2020 if I'm correct eh? and so we've probably um within that time probably the biggest thing that stands out for me is the. 2013 World Cup, which was the Uh first one that we we lost. Um, Uh That's probably a big significant time. And it was also obviously within that decade um, of sort of captained uh, the team off and on throughout that time as well. But that 2013 World Cup, I think, has been a real pinnacle turning point for our team. And that stands out to me within that decade. But looking at that team, like I was quite surprised – um, I think there was only like five Kiwi foons, and predominantly the rest were all Australian players. Um, yeah, and I, I was surprised at that, especially some of the matchups that they had. There was a lot of Kiwi foon girls, you know, that were considered, but. Um, but predominantly Australia players were picked for the the main position. Um, But, I mean, I think maybe it was mostly Australian people that picked the team anyway, so. (laughs) So, uh, yeah.
1: Choosing. Yeah, that's right. While you still, let's keep, let's stay on 2013. You captained that series. And I think that may have been the first time you you were selected to be captain. Am I I reading that right? What do you, like, tell me about being told that that you're going to captain your country. That night
2: that I was told, actually how they did it that year was um, they kind of um, got like the players and the management to vote on who they would want to be captain and I, at that time, I was sort of oh. um, playing sevens as I was—I was a contracted sevens player. Um, but I knew, you know, that I really wanted to be at the twenty thirteen Rugby League World Cup, but I'd missed. Um, a camp prior and, um, and a few things like that. So in that camp, um, they were having this big, we were having like a big fundraiser because back then we were still sort of funding ourselves. And then um, during that camp, they asked us, oh, you know, right. vote for who you would want captain. And so well, are like, oh, yeah. And they sort of, so we just voted and it was all anonymous. And then um, that night during the this big fundraiser, it was all like a big auction night and we had a room full of people, about, well, I don't know, 400 people in this room. And they announced me as the captain Um, and that, yeah, that I had sort of, you know, won won the voting system from the players and management to be captain. So I was quite surprised um, initially. Um, Mm. And then I actually was sort of um, gifted from Sir Owen Glenn at the time, this big korowai, which is like a big Māori cloak. Um, yeah, and it's a beautiful, beautiful, wow. um, he'd won it in that auction, he'd, he'd bid on it and won it in the auction earlier that night and then he told the players, oh, he told us to hold on to it and then when I got named captain, he gifted it. So it was, yeah, it was massive, it was massive for me and I was, it was really, I was always kind of one of those players that don't cry, honey, don't cry, you know, don't, don't, don't show any test up, but that was probably a real <laughs> moment for me. Um, yeah, and and then I I distinctly remember the next day, saying to the um, as sort of our leadership group because we had a leadership group. Like I remember the first thing I said to them was, "Look." I have no experience captaining a New Zealand team. So I really, really, you know, want you guys to, mm. I need you guys' support. Can I have you guys' support? And, um, you know, pull me up, pull me up on anything that, uh, you know, because this is new to me, I'm going to be learning along with them. So, And they were awesome. They were awesome there, and my leadership crew.
1: I mean, most people get maybe a phone call or told in a change room, but you're getting a told over in front of 400 people, and then a ceremonial gown you know put on top of you. That's that is an emotional. No, that, is, that was have the, they continued like, that we've voting had
2: system. Quite a few, obviously, changes in coaching and, and management and that. So it's it's obviously was different um, every year, um, and often a lot of our coaches throughout the Kiwi things right. um, have been um, coaches that probably don't, haven't had a whole lot of experience. Uh, with Within the women's game or, or specifically with the Kiwi fans So it's always really different So we've probably had a change of hand in captaincy You know, quite a bit in the last You know, few years I mean, back when I first started uh, Luisa aveki He was our captain for like, you know five six seven eight years I think you know we just yeah where's um yeah, it's, it's probably changed quite a bit mm. in the way they do it which i which I'm happy with you know because I think um, you know different people offer different skills and um you know so it's good to to develop new leaders in that sense
1: yeah well speaking of skills you're made player you're named player of the tournament um during them what what stands out about your performance in that tournament that you think um there's a reason we um, got that award.
2: Oh geez, that was a twenty thirteen um yeah, I suppose uh yeah, I yeah. was I was crazy fit. I was <laughs> I was crazy fit. I, I'm not sure I did look been <laughs> as fit as what I was then and I had just flown. Um so I flew to England for that World Cup straight from the Sevens World Cup from Russia. Um, so I had um, come straight from the Sevens World Cup straight over to Rugby League World Cup. So I was so fit. And, um, yeah, I, I think that probably contributed, contributed to um, my performance during that 2013 World Cup because, yeah, I was—I <laughs> remember the first training I got over there, um, you know, it was a captain's run and I made the girls run um, coat hangers. <laughs> and they were like, what the... Oh, coat hangers are like pretty much from... I don't know what know, that is. Like I'm not It's I'm, I'm uh, from sort of just like laps of the field really but like sprinting them <laughs> and they were like it's a captain's run honey, I was like it's "Oh it's God. my captain's run come on let's go and I was just like because we're <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you voted me we for running coat hangers. We the at yeah. the time. She was out. I think she was out. She was in my halves, and she sort of like a little bit tweaked her hem. she was like, and I said, oh, what happened? She goes, "Your bloody coat hangers, man." I was like, oh, sorry. And let's say that was a, you know, a good lesson for me to learn as a coat hang as a as a captain. Do not run fitness drills for your captain's run. <laughs> there you
1: go. And hey, but you yeah, won but, at yeah, we won that World Cup we, uh, as well, right? We
2: Play Canada in, in that final, so yeah.
1: Did many of did many of the girls come with you from that sevens world, no, world? No, no, I, I was the only the player, player in
2: the, the, uh, team that team
1: at Unbelievable! Yeah. This is just building up to your incredible legacy. Just before that decade, though, you'd already been quite dominant because play, play you played in New Zealand sides that had yep. won in the 03 and 08 World Cups. So, th- tell me, th- talk me through that. <laughs> How, like. I'm never going to win a World Cup or even do a COVID. Yeah, I think the 2003 World
2: Cup um, for me was quite an eye-opener because I didn't realise how big a deal it was because I had only debuted in 2002 and we had played in like a Pacific Nations tournament um, and I knew our team was quite dominant and Australia had come over to that actually as well. So um, we had won all of that in 2002 and I thought, oh yeah, well, we're the top team, we should win. And then the following year was the World Cup 2003. And then, you know, we had Great Britain, and we had quite a few teams in, and then as it as it panned out, uh, we ended up playing the New Zealand Maoris in that final. And so, to me, that should have sort of showed how strong mm. New Zealand was in the rugby league, the New Zealand Women's Rugby League was. Um, so, that was quite an eye-opener to me, and I thought, oh, you know... what? Well, um probably I was quite naive back then thinking, oh, yeah, well, we just won a World Cup. That's really cool. But it wasn't until we got to the 2008 World Cup when I realised, you know, how strong we really were, but also that the other countries had really caught up and then that, that we were in a real battle there. Um, that was probably my most favourite World Cup. Um, was that two thousand and eight one? Because it was obviously we played Australia in the final. Was on SunCorp, um, you know, and, and it was a, and it was a genuine battle mm. that game. And you kind of it, it's those harder games, you know, when have, you only just win that you, you like to meet the best because that's where you get you know your real the real challenge comes to you.
1: Have you seen a real growth then from? I know. 2003 to 2020 is a really long time, but have you seen a a consistent and good growth? Are you happy with how the the women's games grow? Yeah,
2: look, I've seen a huge growth and and just the way the game is played now. You know, I look back on um, footage of, say, that 2003, those World Cup games, and then I look at, you know, my my last game last year kind of thing, and I'm like, holy. And I think I've been, the only reason why I've been able to stay in the game for this long is because I've, adjusted to that growth well I've had to you know pretty much you can't you can't not adjust because the game is just so much faster now it's the physicality of it you've just got to be so you've got to be so fit so fast um to keep up with it you still got you know I think the physicality is still interesting like I look at some of those hits you know way back in 2003 2008 World Cups and I'm like man those are brutal you know and um then I look at games, you know, of the last couple of years and I think, oh, man, they're still pretty brutal kind of thing. So the physicality is, you know, still, you know, being <laughs> yeah. really, really up there. But it's the speed of the game, I think, that's changed. And just the, and I, I suppose definitely the game understanding, you know, girls are so much more smarter now, the way they play um you know all, all the the game management and the the skills you know girls back then we probably didn't use a kicking game very well now you know some of the skill levels of the the girls that offer kicking that can kick and stuff like that there's mm. so many areas of the game i think that have been developed so mm. yeah
1: and also the other thing that's happened recently to all of rugby league, which is which is I think having a great impact in the women's game, is the the nines because that 2019 nines tournament um, that we that happened just at the end of last year was so incredible. Once again, you were named player of the tournament. Um, I mean, you, you're edging towards being New Zealand's greatest football player of all
2: time. Uh, yeah. I mean, are you to happy tonight? to deny that? Um, and a correction. So I was the oh, wow. um, tournament team for that nines tournament. But it was actually Racine McGregor, our, our halfback, oh. um, that was named player of the tournament. And she played outstanding. Um, she she really set up so so much of that final for us. Um, yeah, so she, she was actually the, the player of the tournament for that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that in the nines is, is a great way to see the growth in the women's game, you know, because, you know, it's sort of like sevens with rugby, nines. You get so much more space. You're able to really see what you can do with that space is what I like about it. And, just, and you just get the raw flair, you know, because there's, there's less structure mm. in the game. So you just get, you know, you get, you pick mm. up the you get the ball and you've just got all the space and it's like what am I gonna do you know it's like for me that that's bread and butter stuff I love that stuff I love seeing space or creating space um, just running you know running lines and stuff so nines is a great way I think to really um, to get girls into the game too it's not as physical um, it's just yeah it's a good game nines.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, you haven't convinced me. I still think you're the New Zealand's greatest football player. The uh, Even though you, you may not have been named the player of that time, the uh, that, that final, though, that game was, like, phenomenal. Edge of your seat. Like, my hands were sweating the entire time. But also, the other thing that was unforgettable, unforgettable about it was your acceptance speech. It was so powerful. What, yeah, what you, I suppose what are your reflections um,
2: on that? that was quite an emotional time for me, obviously. I, I had lost my mum you know, sort of only ten days prior, you know, I'd buried my mum ten days prior to lifting that cup. So I was really emotional. Um, and I I don't remember the exact words, but what I do remember of that final was that real belief, was that belief that we could we we're gonna win this game. And there was like nothing that sort of even Could break that belief in my head, and and I knew it. I knew it right before we even kicked off. Before we went out, like I said in that speech, before I left my motel room and said to that photo that I was going to bring that cup home, and and I don't know what it was. It was just within our team. I was just like, man, we've got the players. We can do this. And literally, obviously, we had been thrashed by Aussie the the night before, kind of thing. Um, But when you've got that that Mm. belief, and and it's not all the time. Um, and it's and it's not a cockiness um, when you've got it, man. You just it's it's hard to explain. But so I think in in that speech, you know, it was just explaining that. Like, look, we we were the only ones out here that believed we could win, and and we proved it because you know the, mm. everyone had ridden us off. The stadium was full with you know Jolurru mm. um, supporters, and everyone was going off the result from the night before. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that sort of was was quite incredible.
1: That sounds like another thing Michael Jordan would say. That belief thing. I'm, t- I'm telling you, honey. Anyway, okay. Well, let's uh, the other thing that has been great for um the promotion and and growth of, of of the game has been the WNRL, the NRLW. You spend a season with the Dragons and then you've you've had some time with the Warriors. It's, what is the competition like? Oh, man, it's like awesome. From it's competitive,
2: it's tough. It's it's great to see to see players specifically obviously Kiwi Ferns and Jilleru's players all splitting off and, you know, going to to play for those and then coming up against each other. I mean, that's how you get when you play against, you know, when you play against the best is how you get better. And it's good. Like, I believe that there's a real genuine... um, uh, like an even mix around the teams. I mean, every year, everyone says, you know, the first year I was like, oh, the Roosters are stacked, you know, and, and they, you know, and then the Broncos won it, and then last year was, oh, the Dragons are stacked, and then the Broncos still managed to win it again. So, but it shows it that, that there's a real <laughs> competition there, and that's what I like about it. And just the following that it's picked up, you know, people are really, it's it's really given the girls um a lot yeah. of profile. An individual pro- profile, but also as a game, you know that it's really lifted the game, the the women's game, um, and that's what I like too. And even um, from the perspective of the, the the men's, you know, the NRL themselves, the, the guys, they're really backing it as well, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, there's our there's our women's warriors team or yes. there's our women's roosters team, whatever, you know, and, and they're a lot of you know, just hearing from a lot of the teams and all the players. Uh, the women's players, you know, even when I was at the Dragons and, again, at the Warriors, the the boys, they're keen to come and help too. You know, they jump in on trainings and they're willing to offer their time and and their experience and, you know, help out. So that's cool too because then that gives our game more credibility.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so that creation is great, but what other developments can you see for so this want, year specifically, I want to see, want to see the, the
2: competition happen because yes. they, no, uh, yeah, they haven't made a call on that yet. And so we're all yeah. kind of sitting on the edge of our seats um, awaiting that, that decision. Um, and then in the future, you know, I'd really like to see a couple more teams be introduced. Um, this year they were looking to do two rounds. Uh, I can't see them running two rounds, so I really hope that they at least just run run the one round like they have in the past two yeah. two seasons um, and then next year either going to the two rounds and introducing a couple more teams like it'd be great to have a Melbourne Storm team maybe you know, um, a Cowboys team, or you know, just maybe um, spread it up in the um, Queens, Queensland area, uh, Queensland area, um, somewhere up there to spread it, spread it around. And because there's so many more girls, you know, like with the four teams, there's so many great players that are missing out. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see that expansion go mm-hmm. those ways as well.
1: What about in New Zealand? Even for another men's team or another women's team, is New Zealand also a kind of place that needs more rugby league teams in there, or or will that will that kind of splinter the the fan base if we?
2: Yeah, you know, I if mean, it's been a kind of South Island, um, North kind of You know, probably in the last few years, around um, more specifically in the in the men's game, around like you say, the the North Island South Island team. I think, long as it um, it came in, you know, well resourced because you know here, you know, the resources are, are quite thin. Um, yeah, and so you know we don't want to just introduce an, another club or another team here, and then it really sort of. Um, Thins, thins that resourcing out even more kind of thing. So I think if we can continue to build, you know, say within the Warriors now, um, get that sort of a bit more a bit more better resourced and established, um, then, then we look to increase it because we, we have the talent here, you know, exactly. We have the talent here, but you were just probably a bit limited in terms of resources. Mm.
1: This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for talking to me. Um, there are all the questions and comments I have. Did you have any other? Uh,
2: no, no. I just really you know, appreciate uh, your go. time and then, you know being able to chat with you guys like this is just another way for us to help promote the game. Really, so I really appreciate you guys asking me to come on.
1: Not at all. Honestly, I love watching you play. Loved um, that, uh, that speech. That still gives me goosebumps thinking about it. And and uh, and I really hope that not only do, does it develop. Um, further rugby league, but also just uh, <laughs> that your your career. Whenever you're ready to finally to hang up the boots, you, we also can keep mm-hmm. you doing heaps of stuff. For, uh, um, I'm I mean, thinking uh, about been coaching or anything with, like that. After um,
2: sport for a couple of years, um, oh, wow. so i sort of working in that realm and, and see where that takes me. But yeah, all awesome. sort, of, sort of the plan is to keep the boots on for a little bit longer. I, I'd love to be at the next World Cup, but we'll just have to see how the body holds up.
1: Well, just do do another Sevens Comp in Russia and then you'll be the fittest you've ever been.
2: Thank (laughs) you.